The following content always shows up to the party, but never brings anything. Start the show. I mean, it'd be like that, man. You know, uh, you I, know I, I feel seen. <laughs> I feel seen now. <laughs> Niggas plus information plus alcohol equals opinions while black. Your black ass cheat sheet for the week in foolishness and fuckery. I am your boy, Oz. I am Damian Williams, the realest nigga to wear Jordan 1s in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, boy. That's how we do it, sir. Um, we are. We're recording basically right after the Super Bowl. Uh, the, the the game is not over, but the game is basically over. The game is over. Um, Mahomes and crew busted that ass. Uh, I, 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 I'm not invested in the Super Bowl at all, but I definitely said that uh, if if Garoppolo if Garoppolo uh, came back in the last two minutes of the game like they were trying to do. Uh, the 24-hour sports news cycle was going to crown Garoppolo the god. <laughs> and if Mahomes came back from nowhere and uh, ruined this lead that uh, Garoppolo and company, that the that the Niners had, then everybody was going to crown uh, Mahomes the god. You know... The, the 24-hour sports news cycle is, is something else. It's it's annoying sometimes. They really are. They really have been trying to crown Mahomes like the new LeBron. Like the LeBron of of football. Like yeah. the young god. And I need... I, damn, y'all. I need a little more out of him. <laughs> I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying, damn. Y'all, y'all always trying to... I swear the news cycle always trying to hand somebody the crown three seasons too early. Yeah. They handed LeBron the crown too early. He earned it. He earned it. He earned it so eventually. It's like 16 years later. <laughs> God damn, man. Um, oh, you know what? And we did, I guess we did see a couple of commercials. Um,. Commercials are strange, man. There was a commercial for Jimmy Fallon selling beer. Yeah, you know. As I recall, Jimmy Fallon has wrestled with alcoholism. He, he has. And although it was ultra Michelob light or whatever, <laughs> you know, you just don't want to open that gateway. It's not a good look. It's not a good look at all, man. Um, what other dumbass... Uh, uh, there was another dumbass commercial we saw. Didn't make no damn sense. There was one with uh, there was a Doritos Cool Ranch commercial with Lil Nas X and uh, Sam Waterson. Okay, having like a dance off in the fuck in like the old west. It, it, it's as bad as it sounds. It was as bad as Arya Stark uh, singing "Let It Go." <laughs> I mean, the only thing that would have made that better is if because that's a song from Frozen. If the if the Night King would have shown up. Like at the end, and she I got kept it. waiting. She could have put another dagger in him. You know, I kept waiting. That was that was some strange shit. 
man, people, man, people selling some wild shit, man. I don't, I don't, I don't understand how marketing goes anymore. It makes me feel like I left a, I, I left a bag or something. I, I've just been in the wrong profession all my life. Yep, yep. Um, how's your week been, man? Um, honestly, I, I don't know. I really don't know to be honest. It, it was kind of a blur. <laughs> Um, I I don't. Know. Oh, I know that earlier today I did go to the Rockets game. They played okay. the Pelicans and uh, got to see Zion Williamson. In How's person. Zion looking? It's a big boy, I tell you. That's <laughs> a big boy. Um, he's definitely been eating the shrimp and grits, and and the gumbo. Okay, over in New Orleans, but he's he's gonna he's gonna be really good. Okay. He's already good. He's going to be really good. Okay. Um, other than that, man, just uh, gaining weight and, um, <laughs> you know, making it do what it do. Um, that's cool, man. You know, I'm I'm turning this weight into something. Excellent line. I'm actually losing weight. I don't even know why I'm being so self-deprecating. I'm drinking water, bitches. At least a gallon a day. That's what I'm talking about. And my man out here is doing two a days. You know what I'm saying? Listen. 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 It ain't easy. It's not all two of the, I, I keep I try to keep it to five or six five or six workouts a week, man. Um, five or six days a week at least. Um, it, it it it's not easy. It, the way I put it, it sounds corny, but just being consistent until consistency becomes a habit, yeah, and not like an attempt, right? Um, That's the key I, to anything. Consistency. You you will change your life in a lot of ways with consistency. Like this podcast. Like this podcast. We're on episode seventy five. Wow. Damn. Oh man, salute that, salute that. As a matter of fact, we I, we deserve uh, some self appreciation. Hit us with the air horns. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, consistency matters. Uh, definitely going into uh, Valentine's Day, which is like. The Super Bowl of uh, cuffing season. <laughs> um, shit, if I, for me, it's horrible decisions live. Uh, That's true. Uh, the The following weekend from Valentine's Day. Oh, so you got like three weeks. Yeah, yeah. About to about to get this push up challenge in. So see what that takes man, me. You got you got to go to these two a days every day now. Listen, listen. We got we, we. I got to step it up. I got oh I got weighted gear. Oh shit. I got a little. I got leg weights. I got a little weighted gloves. Uh, we gonna take this shit to the next level. You're not playing with these fools. Look, man. I'm here. To, I'm here to win it. I'm here to win it. And especially once this job is over, and I and I go ahead and hit. Uh, uh, hit the vacation mode on these boys. Mm. It's over. It's over. Hot boy summer, man. <laughs> um, so this week, um, since we are recording on the night of the Super Bowl on Super Bowl Sunday, it felt very appropriate to send my flowers to Janet Jackson. Mm. Uh, Janet, Demita, Joe Jackson. Um, mostly because. I was look man. It's crazy. Janet Jackson is one of the few in her pedigree to be still doing it and to be taken a hundred percent seriously. Yes. I mean, people talk. I mean, Janet show. Uh, she only shows up once and again nowadays with new content. All right. But if she go on tour tomorrow, that what? bitch gonna be sold out. It's gonna be sold out. 
Guaranteed. Um, and it's just crazy. So on the way on the way here to record, I stopped off at Jersey Mike's. Uh, you know, because today that salad just didn't do it. <laughs> it didn't. I had to stop at Jersey Mike's to get a wrap, get something substantial. And of course, they're playing the Super Bowl, and the kid. Kid couldn't have, the kid couldn't have been older than like twenty two. Damn. Uh, he's looking at the Shakira during the halftime show. Yeah. Uh, Shakira was holding it down, man. You know, um, she's she's a professional. She does what she does. Exactly. You know, it, I will say this for the halftime show: dancers and people who appreciate a, a show lost their shit. I already know. People who appreciate like dance and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. I know they were losing their shit. A lot of, I would I didn't see it, but I would imagine a lot of hips, a lot of ass movement. A lot of hips, a lot of ass movement, all that. Um, it was J Lo and Shakira, right? Yeah. yeah. Somebody in the, somebody in Jersey Mike said that it was the that they felt like they were at the gentleman's club, and the young man. You could only wish, sir. Right. The young man looks at me and says. It's just crazy. Ever since, ever since Justin Timberlake got in trouble, got in trouble with that, with that, with that one lady. With that one lady. Now, now they just go and get a bunch of old people to do the halftime show. This is his quote about Janet, Demita, Joe Jackson. Wow. wow. Ever since Justin Timberlake. Who he knew by name? Wow! Got in trouble with that one with that one chick at the Super Bowl. Now they have to go and get all these old people. Shakira ain't but forty three. Wow! I looked at him. Make my damn sandwich. But old enough to be his mother still. Right. Wow. Make my damn sandwich, Chad. Brent, whatever the fuck your little white boy name is, you know, we, it would really blow his mind if he. Before I smack the shit out you, if he understood all the nuances of the fallout from that show and how, you know, they tried to take her career while Justin Timberlake was placed on the pedestal. Um, shout out to Janet, always been resilient, always been consistently good. Um, you know, painful good times will always have always fine a place in my heart. Always um, fine. First and foremost. And, uh, yeah. Um, her career survived being in two Tyler Perry movies. Ooh. Damn. Her career point. survived being in not one, but two oh. Tyler Perry movies. Damn. Think about that. Damn. I'm just saying, Janet has always been consistent. Everybody it, everybody from my generation ought to have a favorite Janet Song, a favorite jam album. The Velvet Rope is a fucking classic. Like Janet Jackson was Janet Jackson was getting was getting niggas laid right up there with with the classics like Luther and them, with Luther and Sade and fucking Anita Baker. Uh, Janet was getting was getting boys laid too. Anytime, bruh. Remember, remember when we had never seen anything like anytime, any place. Remember when they, we, we, my shit is that's the way love goes. Oh yeah, that too. That shit that is too. still fire. That Velvet Rope album was, yeah. That Velvet Rope album was the truth. 
um, uh, rope burn. Even I think even after that, it wasn't on Velvet Rope, but Would You Mind? Yeah. Would You Mind is a fucking classic nobody talks about. Um, and Janet was way nastier than the people gave her credit for. And I was, it was so great that she was in that pop lane. But then when you really listen to her music, like towards the end, usually towards the end of the album, it was always some hella nasty shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she kind of, you know, let me just say she kind of paved the way for this new generation of, um, you know, women on fire and, you know, sexually literated women. The Janae Icos yes. and the Scissors, you yes. know. You know, the good, the good <coughs> sensual whisper. I, I told I told you a couple weeks ago she's on the Mount Rushmore <laughs> of whisper music chicks. Yep. Her, Sade, and Janae Iko just holding it down. Um so here's to you, Janet. Um Twitter says Shakira is forty three, J Lo is fifty. They dan- they dance their asses off for an entire halftime show. And my twenty six year old knees crack when I sit down too quickly. Look at that, Chad. <laughs> Those octogenarians are probably in much better shape than your sandwich slinging ass. Sit the fuck down, Chad. Make my damn sandwich. Damn. I'm just saying. Now, now I will say, to Chad's credit, the rap was good. The rap, the rap was good. Yeah. Uh, Jersey Mike holds it down. Uh, humans ain't shit. Uh, this week's humans ain't shit. As y'all know, uh, we're, a lot of people are still reeling from uh, the untimely death. Is there? I mean, is there a timely death of uh, Kobe Bryant? And um, you know, as I you know, as I said before, I I really feel for the community on this one because um, one, I'm just tired. I, you know, I this is I, I know this is a far cry from police brutality, or um, a, a police or a mass shooting. I'm just tired of seeing dead black men and women on my TV screen. Yeah, and I know this one couldn't be helped, and it was going to happen. But I'm just it's it just it's hard to it's harder to see every time now. Did they actually show them? Like the video footage actually shows them. It doesn't show them, but it's it's because it's from a distance. Okay. But you can definitely see the helicopter crashing yeah. and everything. Yeah, I'm good on that. Uh, and that and that's what I'm talking about for humans ain't shit this week. It's nasty. Um, a, there was a lot of nastiness around the or, or just around how the Kobe situation was handled. Um, TMZ of course led the nasty charge. Uh, as they usually do, and everybody was lining up to check their ass about that shit. Um, I just I didn't appreciate the callousness with which Harvey was like, "Well, Kobe's people said it was cool." Kobe's people is a different statement than Kobe's family, and I think that's where people really took issue. Imagine having to learn about your loved one's death with just with the rest of the world. My thing is, you know, in, in the in the twenty four hour news cycle that we have, when 
these news outlets have to keep content and constant rotation around the clock and in an attempt to keep it interesting and in an, in an attempt to keep people engaged on whatever their particular outlet is it is too customary nowadays for people to engage in misery porn it's it sucks it's it's sensationalism at its worst and I, I just feel like there's I'm very glad that I don't tune in I'm I'm going to sound very uneducated right now I don't really sure. tune in to most news outlets uh, I stopped watching local news a long time ago because local news is nothing but misery porn you know the entire Endlessly. time and most news outlets now national outlets once they latch onto something it's just a never ending barrage of the same shit over and over every quarter hour around the clock um, I'm very glad to get a lot of my news from the Apple News app because I can okay. read it and move on right and not engage in the talking heads and the commentary and the, the opinions and all this other shit and all that shit and you know just repetitive images of tragedy over and over like it, it, it becomes mind numbing and and it opens up like the misery Olympics where everyone is trying to outdo everyone in how sorrowful they feel about this shit happening and that's what they and make it look like. It's gross. It, it is. It's, it's disgusting. Um, another another gross thing. Um, it's one thing that people film the crash. Yep. Spreading around social media is gross. And you know, I'm gonna be honest. I'll be honest. If I'm hiking somewhere and I see a helicopter or a plane or something falling from the sky, I might flip on the camera. I mean, sure. Yeah, that's yeah, it's, that's it's natural. That's just some shit that you just and you really don't know who was involved in that and right. whether that's that's going to come in handy and maybe save somebody's life or uh, clarify something for someone's family down the road. Right. So that I'm not I'm not I'm not blaming anybody holding the camera for filming that. It's just how that's distributed with with disregard to. The families involved and, and people who might be triggered or affected by the footage. Like I would, I would hate to if if something happened to someone in my family. I would hate to see that on every outlet around the clock every time I turned on the TV every hour or logged in like that. That shit. The way that they handle it is a part that gets me. And you know, um, uh, of course, the conspiracy theories are gross. There's always going to be conspiracy theories. They're gross. And, 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 and even even if you... Because you, at the end of the day, most conspiracy theories are people centering their worldview. Yep. In a tragedy about somebody else. Um, nobody asked you. Nobody. nobody wants to hear that right now. Nobody. Um... This person impacted a lot of people, and I think it's unfair. Um, I think it's unfair that we had that that you have to center your politics and your beliefs in a moment when people are grieving. Yes, and people are trying to figure out their feelings on some shit. I don't. That's that's gross to me. Um, another thing that I think is particularly gross, I could do without. Um, I could do without the the close ups of celebrities 
crying over Kobe dying. Yes. Y'all got LeBron off the coming off the plane crying. Y'all got ball players at the game. Just the close crying. ups. The close ups and grief in general. We notice you guys are trying to sell the point and drive the point home. But I just I just feel a certain way about just capitalizing off of other people's grief in general. Like that that should be a private moment for people. Um It's bad enough they have to work through a moment like that. Yeah. It was bad enough that I, you know, and I told y'all how I felt, but it was even a bad moment that I had to work through that. But we all know my, we all know my job is some bullshit. So, um, it's, it's, it's so just on a regular working class level, that has to hurt. So I know on a level where you are in the public eye and everybody is watching you at every moment and you have to you have to just every response you have even on an emotional level is a decision you make to be seen like that in public and I just that's gross and I feel like we could just that's enough it's enough like People, people ought to be able to have a private, a private moment. People ought to be able to process their feelings without doing it for the entire world. And I hate the people that are like, "Well, when you're famous, that's what you sign up for." Yep. Man, they're a human being. They're a human being that just happens to get a bigger bag than you. Yep, that's it. And and even if that is what they signed up for, whether that's not what they signed up for, everything that happens in public is not necessarily for your public consumption. We gotta get we gotta get over that too. Right. I think social media has convinced us that everything that happens in public is for our consumption. Or that everything that happened just because something happened publicly, we're obligated to comment on it, or we're obligated to have an opinion on it, or we're obligated to uh, dissect it. Everything that happens in public isn't necessarily your business. And it's not necessarily interesting either. And it's not interesting. And don't try to make it interesting. And you're not learning anything new from it. It's just designed to make you feel bad, mm-hmm. to keep you watching. Yep. Um. So yeah, just a lot of nastiness. We're gonna get up to this. I mean, there's there's been some more Kobe nastiness. We'll get to it later. Uh, song of the week, man. Uh, New division. I love these guys. Yep. I love these guys. These guys are mad consistent. New division. This has been out for a few weeks. Um, uh, sampling that dead pres beat, that dead president's beat. Mm-hmm. Uh. This is a division with a muse. Uh, Get comfortable. Pour yourself something. We're going to have a good time, man. We'll be back with more opinions while black. Let's go.
Division. That was dope, man. That's some smooth ass shit. I like that. That's some smooth shit. That and see, that is what you need going into Valentine's Day. <laughs> God damn it. That's gonna get that is gonna win you one. Let me tell you something. If you like what you're hearing, the Opinions Wild Black featured music playlist is available on Spotify. If you are a Spotify listener, uh go to it. Go to it now. Click follow. Yep. It is updated weekly. And what you can really do if you want. You know, Valentine's Day is coming up. Some of y'all gonna need a playlist. Yep. To get that thing right. We have I I I'm convinced. Seventy episodes seventy five episodes in, we have more than enough songs 
to where you can just pick, you can just cherry pick them joints. Man. Put them on a little playlist for yourself. I just put them on shuffle and just let it rock. And you can get that mood right. If you just if you just want to catch a vibe, the playlist is for you. Mm-hmm. If you trying to if you trying to get you a W, get them get them draws off, clap them cheeks. <laughs> you can cherry pick them songs. The playlist is for you. All I'm saying is I'm trying to get y'all the keys to the kingdom. Some of y'all got some whack playlists out here. Some of y'all got some whack playlists that need updating. Yeah, man. Don't be like Tay Diggs and Brown Sugar. They got that one playlist that's still on cassette. Yeah. You know, not all that shit ages well, bro. You trying to clap the cheeks of Stephanie Mills. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nah, let me let me shut up, actually. Stephanie Mills kind of still goes hard. Let me, let me yeah, stop that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let, me get, let me not get too out of pocket. But, yes. Um, the Opinions Wild Black Feature Music Playlist available on Spotify. Please. I do that for y'all. I just do that because I love y'all. So, please take advantage of that. Um, what else has been... What's going on in the news, man? Okay. So, Popeyes. <laughs> Popeyes has come out with... Let me make sure I get this right. An Ivy Park-inspired clothing line inspired by Beyonce's Ivy Park collection. Okay. I gotta give Popeye some credit. <laughs> okay. Okay. Their their trolling game is becoming exceptional now. I mean they, they trolled Chick-fil-A with the um with the chicken sandwich wars talk, you know, saying shit like, you know, we're available on Sunday. You know, that's that's a good that's a good jab. I yeah, they got that too. shit off. They got that off. And I'm surprised I did not notice this when the Ivy Park collection came out, mostly because I didn't pay attention or care. But the Ivy Park collection does seem to utilize the color scheme of Popeyes and Popeyes uniforms. So Popeyes taking note of this and, and apparently people were saying like, you know, that shit looks like Popeyes uniforms. Popeyes released their own line of clothing. Um, but what's crazy is that they, it, I'm looking at it right now. It kind of looks like like this chick looks like she go to cosmetology school. Yeah, yeah, and they probably do while working at Popeyes. I've slept with way too many cosmetology students to know that. Like, I'm just, just, <laughs> I just, I just, I know that I, I know that material anywhere. <laughs> Like this is this is this is a good troll job and, my, and see this is the thing. Before the show, I was asking like, who actually goes out and buys this shit? Wait, who's who's going to Popeyes looking for clothes? And I had to remind him, niggas. Yeah, niggas do that. Yeah, man, niggas you know, gonna nig. You know, you know, Ivy Ivy Park sold out like some Jordan drops. A lot of people were, were pissed off that they didn't get the Ivy Park that they wanted. So you know. Your next best bet, let me go ahead and get some Popeye's joints. And I can wear them ironically because I couldn't get the Ivy Parks. But then Popeye's also sold out, sold out in like 24 hours as well. So it's a, it's a whole mess. There's a market for niggas. There's a, whole, there's a whole mess of people walking around looking like they're about to go to work at Popeye's right now. It's a, yeah, it's a market for niggas. And you know, y'all got to be careful out there, man, because, because white people already feel like 
when we go to certain places that we're at work. Like, there have been plenty of times where I've worn a red shirt. I used to work at Target, but well after working at Target, if I ever wore, like, a red polo in Target, I've been stopped by people like, sir, 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 can you show me? I'm like, oh, no, I don't, I don't work here. Oh, especially if you're a nigga. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And they, so, if y'all are walking around with these Popeye shirts on, be very careful. Because niggas want to know where the fuck this chicken sandwich is at. Yeah. And they're going to stop you. You know, while you're pumping gas or whatever. And they're going to ask you about some chicken. Don't be offended. You did it to yourself. Yes. That is a uniform you have on. Um, uh, so, yeah, shout out to Popeyes, I guess. Um, oh, this, okay. So, I wanted to mention this. There is apparently a Lethal Weapon Five has been gaslighted. Uh, has gaslighted. Has been no, greenlighted. You, you said it right. <laughs> <laughs> lethal Weapon Five has been greenlighted. Here's my thing, and it, 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 so this has to be coming off the heels of Bad Boys Three, doing way more numbers than anybody thought it would. Right. Um. So again, black people doing some shit. And white people having to jump on the bandwagon. Yep. Here's my other thing. And now I have not seen Bad Boys 3, but I've, I've, I've been given very good reviews. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. Having said that, I also have to point out that from my knowledge... Lethal Weapon Five has been a, has been one of these things that the studios have played with and visited and revisited and stepped away from for years. But every time they tried to they tried to maybe have a rollout for it, Mel Gibson would jump out and say some stupid racist ass shit, and nobody want to fuck with him, and yeah. so they had to back away from it. Yeah, and and even on top of that, um, I remember watching Lethal Weapon before, and and Danny Glover looked like he couldn't really make it through that movie oh he was getting mad old so this one which takes place many years later ooh, we'll so see. it's a little hard to, to to imagine given that the first one the first one had Danny Glover saying he was too old for this yes. shit <laughs> and that was like 30 years ago that was literally 30 years ago um Richard Donner apparently is going to be on the project okay. Richard Donner is 90 oh damn Richard Donner is 90. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no bullshit. Um I don't I I don't know. I don't know what to I don't know what to expect, man. Well, what we can expect is that millennials will dig up um Mel Gibson's problematic recent past. I was going to say and the, bring it back to the forefront. I was going to say the only reason the only reason this is happening is because the studio feels like enough time and distance has gone between Dude. from the last dumb shit Mel said. Nope. Ne- there's never enough time to have gone by. Dumb shit has no, expir- no expiration date. Not at all. Not in the era of the internet. No, sir. They're going to they gonna jump right there shit he said about Jewish people. Mm. I, right on it. And we'll never see Mel again. Well, we won't see him again for a while. Um. Well, I would say not for a while. Honestly, <laughs> Mel getting up there, he ain't got much longer. One could hope. Uh, <laughs> uh, what else is going on? Oh, so ladies, 
Um, in case you've been missing, in case you've been missing the latest uh, toxic love anthems, Janae Janae is back, and she wants you to know she'll be dropping her album this month. Good. Hopefully, just in time for just in time for Valentine's Day to give you that toxic love you need. Good. Um. So if you need if if you need some some window busting music. Leading to, leading up to February fourteenth. Yeah, uh, Janae, need, just hold on a little longer. Janae's coming for you. If you need some child support filing music, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of Janae Aiko. I like Janae. Front. I'm not even going front. <clears throat> I give I you know I crack a lot of jokes, but I like Janae. She has a song called "The Pussy Fairy." She does. She does. Fam. She does. And for some reason, Big Sean is still around. So, <laughs> ain't no for some reason. There's something, we, there's something to it. Ain't no for some reason. We uh, they told us in that in that in that one song what they was about. They did. They busting it nine times a day and shit. <sighs> Niggas that don't have to work in the morning. Boy, I tell you. Um. Uh, speaking of music, we have not reviewed music in a while. Hmm. Uh, Lil Wayne dropped an album. Oh wow! Yes, he did. Uh, and I so I ended up listening to Lil Wayne music in 2020. I did as well. This nigga has 27 songs. I yes. I I did not listen to all 27. He put out a box set. It seems like <laughs> this nigga put out 27 songs in one album. I could not make it through it. I listened about 10 or 15. And honestly, the album could have stopped there. You know, I sat in traffic on the way home for about an hour and a half, so I listened to it. And it, it took up pretty much a whole hour and a half. Man, okay. So, people that are fans of Wayne, I get it. And they and it's one of those things where Lil Wayne was most known for just getting in the booth, getting a mic, and just talking that shit. And just saying shit. And letting that be an album. Which is cool. Hey, I was a, I was a mixtape. I was a Lil Wayne mixtape fan. Uh, drought, dedication, all that shit. Uh, squad up, all that. In twenty twenty, when so much content is coming out all the time. Yeah. I need you to wrap it up, B. Wrap it up, B. That twenty seven songs really could have been ten or fifteen songs. Yeah. That's a lot to listen to. It's quite a bit. Um, if I wasn't, let me say, if I wasn't gonna listen, if if I wasn't ready to listen to twenty five Tech Nine songs, that's a I, lot of hard listening to. That's a right. That's a those are that's math equation, <laughs> nigga. That's the that's the Pythagorean yeah, theorem. Nigga got algorithms and shit. Uh, if I wasn't listening to 25 Tech 9 songs, I damn sure ain't listening to 27 Lil Wayne songs. Um, I want him to, I want his producers to produce him. I want, I want to produce Lil Wayne now. I'm not going to lie to you. Damn. I'm at that point. He needs it. He needs it. He needs it. He needs detox. But most of all, I want him to be produced. I want to hear what a produced, artistic Lil Wayne album sounds yeah. like. I want to hear what he has to say about shit. Not just him saying shit. 
don't okay, know. maybe I don't want to hear what he has to say about yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want a more, uh, but I do want a more focused Lil Wayne. That will be difficult um, with the whole drug thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. You I know, just, you know, once he goes off drugs, he won't be any good. Yeah, he gonna start playing guitar and skateboarding again and shit. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that I just I expected more from from Ghetto Gollum. Uh, little ghetto Smeagol. Uh, <laughs> that's what he sounds like. He does. That precious. It looks like. <laughs> Give me that precious. Um. So yeah, I just I, I expected more there. Um. Lucky Day had a Lucky Day dropped in some new shit. Uh, Lucky Day dropped a song from the Photograph soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I gotta tell you, I am really looking forward to the photograph, uh, which comes out Valentine's Day. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it'll be a good date movie for y'all. Issa Rae, Lakeith Stanfield. I just want to go and live. I just want to go and live vicariously through Lakeith Stanfield because I I watched that trailer a couple of times. Issa Rae looking mad good. Issa Rae, like Issa Rae was already fine, but she been in the gym. Yeah, she definitely got in the gym for that movie. She looks incredible. <laughs> God damn! I it's been a while since we've done any insecure reviews or insecure talk. So y'all, so a lot of y'all that are new listeners don't know this about me. But when I tell you I am head over heels over the moon for Issa Rae, people can't tell me shit about awkward black girl. Um, insecure is coming back soon. Insecure is coming back very soon this year. Um, well overdue. Um, I I'm just looking forward. I'm not only am I looking forward to this movie because of Issa Rae. Uh, I like and I like Lakeith Stanfield, but I'm looking. It looks and it, I, trailers can be deceiving. Granted, it looks like a competent movie. It doesn't look like it's shooting to be. You know, it's not trying. It's not trying to queen and slim us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not trying to hit us over the head with shit. It doesn't look like it's trying to it's trying to be the quintessential black film. Yeah. It looks just it's just good, entertaining shit that isn't power. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like still haven't seen an episode. It I just, just have lo- to remind y'all every time. <laughs> it just looks worthwhile. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't look like it's trying to change the landscape of black filmmaking, but it still looks good. It looks like something worthwhile. It's right. just, it looks like something you'll walk out with a positive feeling about. Right. At the end of the day, that's what it's really about. That's what that's what people want. People want to. We want all that matters at the end of the day is how you make people feel, and that applies to art as well. And I feel like a lot of I hope a lot of people are gonna walk out feeling good about that movie. I wanna feel good about it. Um so yeah, I'm very excited about that. The soundtrack sounds like it's gonna be fire. If Lucky if if Lucky Day's entry is any evidence of what that shit's gonna sound like, mm-hmm. this shit gonna be the new Love Jones soundtrack. Already. Cause you know the Love Jones soundtrack for a long time it was is, it is a classic. That was the gold standard. It is a classic. Remember, remember the back. Remember the days when like soundtracks were like the gold standard of the music of that moment. Oh, yeah, 
Oh, yeah. We call those the 90s. Yep. <laughs> the Love Jones soundtrack, the Boomerang soundtrack. Yeah. Juice. Juice, Loving Basketball. Yep. Uh, my The Brown Sugar soundtrack. That was a good one. Everybody has a favorite joint on Brown Sugar. Everybody has a favorite joint on the Best Man soundtrack. If you're old like me, Boys in the Hood. Oh, damn. Damn. Minister Society. Minister Society was a hot one. Um, that I remember that one more than I remember the movie, actually. The Mo Money soundtrack. Ooh. You know what? Showing my age. The Blank Man soundtrack. I don't remember that one. So, Prince and the New Power Generation Damn. had a joint on the Blank Man soundtrack. Damn. And the shit is fire. It's all. It's called Superhero. Go on, go on YouTube and look up Superhero by the New Power Generation uh, on the Blank Man soundtrack. It's a couple of videos on there to show you. It's fire. Prince out here doing charity work. <laughs> well, no, that was no. Oh, okay, that was at the height. Like Damon Damon Wayans was on point. At the, that was Damon Wayans, right? Was yes. it Robert Townsend? No, no, that was Damon Wayans. That he was on point. At the well, time. not only that, Prince was. People forget this. Prince did that Batman soundtrack when he was broke. He did. He was broke, and he owed the label that he owed Time Warner. Yep. Which is why, which is why later on he was so controlling over his music. Yep. So he didn't want to get fucked up like that again. But yeah, man, the, the, the soundtracks, man. I remember the soundtracks. The Bad Boys soundtrack. Bad Boys soundtrack was nasty. Bad Boys Two soundtrack was nasty. Bad Boys Two soundtrack was better than the Bad Boys Two movie. That is also true. <laughs> Uh, Puff put that shit together. Like I, the, the Bad Boys too. Puff put that shit together. Um, speaking of Puff, <laughs> okay, there's a couple ways you have to attack this a little bit. Um, right after we wrapped up last week's episode, we were watching uh, the we, we well we watched some at some after press conference interviews. After the Grammys, and um, Diddy, for you for you young kids, Diddy, uh, Sean Combs had some choice shit to say about um, the. He called out the Grammys and he called out the the uh, the industry. Um, on the actually, can we get that up? Yeah. Are we able to? I know we used to. Are we able to play that? Yeah. Well, we, no, nah, we can't. We we won't. Well, yeah, we will. Yeah, can we, we, can we, we're not going to get our ass busted or nothing? Um, We've done this before. Yeah. Let me, okay. see, let me see if it'll play, though. I just don't want it to be feedback. During the hardest year of my life, all y'all was there to check on me and, and, and push me up. And I want to tell y'all I appreciate that. I love that. And and I wouldn't be here if, if, if I didn't get those messages. And, and I want to thank everybody here from the bottom of my heart. You know um, that, that that really cared about me. I think we can. And, and we are a musical family, and we, and we have to be there for each other. And it's a long speech. But there's something I need to say to the Grammys. Okay, here we go. And and I changed my name to my middle name to Love, so it's showing Love Combs now. And then I didn't, Shut you up. Have to call me what the fuck are you talking about? Added on name. Y'all be killing us, man. Okay. Man, I'm talking about the pain. I'm speaking for all the artists here to produce the 
I'm, I'm gonna cut him off. Okay, because it's, it's gonna take him too long to get to the point. I because I didn't realize the first time he said I didn't realize he was going through all his emotions like that. Yeah, and he had to go through the whole you know I'm rebranding myself, so y'all need to start calling me this shit that he that does nigga, every time. That nigga said Sean Love goes. Yeah, he said that. What the shit fuck before. are you talking about, Puff? Um, but you know he's he's basically talking about how. Artists need to take back control of the industry. Right. And, you know, speaking again on how black people have been snubbed at the Grammys, blah, blah, blah. It's the same thing that people much poorer than him have been saying saying. for for several years. True. Um, And it's even before Mace gave his response to it, you know, me as an artist, a recovering artist, a former artist, a recovering artist, you know, um, I've always felt that the whole Grammy culture and awards culture is mostly self-congratulatory. And people don't understand the nature of awards shows in that these academies that you become a member of um, hand out to award hand out awards to members of the academy. So it's like any organization that you're a member of that hands out awards to its members. So this isn't a situation where just because you put out music and you put out good music or you put out music that sells well that you are entitled to any type of award. If you're not in the organization and if you don't put forth um, you know, the networking and socialization that goes along with it, you will not get said awards. So it, it, it doesn't it has never rewarded artists necessarily. It's more self-congratulatory for the academy. And for the labels right. that help these artists put out music. So when, when Puffy, I'm not going to call him love, when when Puffy is talking about artists taking back control, it's hypocritical of him to say that because he himself has not afforded the same luxury of control for his own artists, which is where Mace comes in. And which is where Mace comes in. Mace, uh, or Pastor Mason Betha, um, had some choice words after Diddy's speech. Um, calling him out is it is it, is this it? Yep. Okay. Uh, I heard you. Uh, this is him on Instagram. Uh, I heard your Grammy speech about how you are how you are now for the artist, and about how the artist must take back control. So I will be the first to take that initiative. Also, before we ask of other ethnicities to do us right, we should do us as black people better, especially the creators. I heard you loud and clear when you said that you are now for the, for the artist. And to that, my response is if you want to see change, you can make a change today by starting with yourself. Your past business practices knowingly have continued uh, purposely, has, has continued purposely starved your artists and been extremely unfair uh, to the very same artist you helped obtain that icon award on the iconic bad boy label. Uh, for example, you got my, you still got my publishing from 24 years ago in which you gave me $20,000, which makes me never want to work with you as any artist wouldn't after you know someone is rubbish, is robbing you and tarnishing your name when you don't want to comply with his horrendous business model. However, people would always ask what's up with Mace, so I would be forced to perform to not look crazy when I was getting peanuts and the robbery would continue. So many great moments in people in people's lives uh, in music were lost. 
But again, I rode with you in the face of death without flinching and you still wouldn't do right. I never said anything because I would because I wanted to wait until I was financially great so I so I can be insured uh, that I was addressing this from a pure place and not out of spite. To add to insult, you keep screaming black excellence and love, but I know love isn't free. So I offered you uh, two million in cash just a few days ago to sell me back by publishing as his biggest artist alive. Uh, that always show you respect for you giving me an opportunity at 19 years old. Your response was, if I can match what the European guy offered him, that would be the only way I get it back. Or else I can wait until I'm 50 years old and it will revert back to me from when I was 19 years old. You bought it for about 20K and I offered you 2 million in cash. This is not black excellence at all when our race is enslaving us. It's about us owning it. It's about us owning. It can't be about us owning each other. No more hiding behind love. You changed. Give the artists back their money so they can take care of their families. And you can also ask Black Rob. You can also ask The Locks, who, I mean, total. Been, yeah, total. Anyone else that's worked with him, not named it. I mean, if Biggie were alive, Biggie would probably be complaining about it as well. It's, it's unfortunate that, I mean, I'm sorry, he's he's the Tyler Perry of music. And you know, you can't and this is this is something that's been known oh, over the course ass. of his entire career. Um, you know, Mary J. Blige ain't with him. Uh yep. it's so yes, it's hypocritical of him to to say these things when the very people upon whose backs you created your empire are the ones that are starving and you are mad because the academy doesn't historically give you the credit you deserve for your success fuck you get your teeth fixed <laughs> god damn <coughs> shit um yeah man and, 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 and there's a lot of that in the air right now and honestly it is just it's really going back to what Chance the Rapper was saying last year on the Joe Budden podcast when he was when he was imploring young artists to divest from these large from these large labels and be their own label. Exactly. That was some people didn't realize that was some revolutionary shit. A mainstream artist looking you in the face and going, "I implore you to use TuneCore." It's. I mean, it's. It, it makes sense, and it's a it's a business model that's been around since the early two thousands when um, internet distribution was a viable concept, right? For for most people, it's it, and it's something that people just completely ignore. But they've been so they've been so used to the traditional model of releasing music that they're afraid to release that stranglehold, and a lot of younger artists are getting it. Chance the Rapper being one of them. Um, even though he's signed to a label, uh, Tyler, the creator himself, has built a large platform largely on his own efforts and does own, you know, his own brand and, you know, is a, is a lot in control of his career. Like, his actual label deal is probably the least lucrative Facts. of his, um, you know, streams of income. Um, but it, it's, it's unfortunate that people still get caught up in this, in this archaic model of releasing music 
where now people catch a buzz through their own efforts, whether it's through YouTube or SoundCloud or whatever it is, and these labels pull those numbers up and like we got to get them on board to capitalize off of them. They they sell them this whole thing about how you know you're doing good, but we can make you great. Facts. And then they pull all their streams of income and give them pennies on a dollar, where it would just be more beneficial for someone to step in as an advisor and say, okay, this is what you got going for you. This is how you focus it so that you maximize your income. Fuck this label. There, there, there is no need for a label at this point in time except for brand recognition. And right. Fuck you and your brand. Get your teeth fixed. <laughs> On that note, we are going to take a quick break. No one with that much money, man, should be unable to close their mouths when in a resting position. That's all I'm saying. I'm looking at you two FKA twigs. Come on, y'all. We live in a country where dental work is readily available when you can afford it. Oh, shit. Get your teeth fixed. Brush your tongue. Thank you. God damn it. That is the name of this episode. right back with more opinions while black you are listening to opinions while black (laughs) sober conversation with the least sober team in podcasting pour up (laughs) oh my god And we are back. We are black. We are opinionated. And I think it's starting to kick in. It just kicked in. <laughs> Shit. This nigga said brush your tongue. Look, y'all. <laughs> brush your tongue. You know, drink some pH balanced water, some electrolyte water. Man. Y'all got, a lot of y'all got white tongues and they should be pink. I'm just saying. I'm looking out for y'all. Jesus. Oh, what is wrong with us? Okay. Uh, it is time for White People Must Be Stopped. Skirt, skirt. Uh, we have a submission from uh, our uh, senior White People Must Be Stopped correspondent, Chef Ebersol Fallon. Uh, what up, Chef? Um, MSU, Miss, uh, uh, Michigan State University. Uh, this is from clickondetroit.com. Uh, Michigan State University officials apologized Saturday uh, for a controversial display at a school gift shop. The display features historical black figures hanging from a tree. Uh, Following the public outcry, the school removed the display and sent a statement out to apologize, but some students said it's not enough. I don't want to constantly I don't want to constantly be confronted with images displays, you know. Uh, these messages all the time said one MSU student it's a painful response a painful reminder an MSU spokesperson said the display was inappropriate and that all volunteers and employees at the gift shop will be receiving training that focuses on the impact and understanding of intentional and unintentional racial biases uh okay it it does look it does look gross look yeah (laughs) 
Nigga, they have they dead at and, and I I understand what they were trying to do, and I understand what mm, was supposed to nope, be happening. Nope, 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 nope. I'm it, not, nope. None of that. Nope. None of that came For, across. There, there was no, there was no creative or thematic reason. For them to use a tree to display this, especially this tree, that just—they could have put those dolls on the shelf. They didn't even color the tree, and 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 it's it's again, like they cut out, they cut the shit out from cardboard, and they didn't even try to like color the tree or anything. And they hung them by their necks. And they hung them by their necks. It look it looks like they're hung by their necks. I assume that's Michelle Obama, Harriet Tubman, um, that probably Barack like Obama. Obama, and maybe MLK down there. All hanging uh, conspicuously by their necks. Nope. There's nothing. No. There's. I, oh. Nope. I don't. Oh man. That's. That's gross. That's gross. They. See, this is why you need a Jamal. Yes, you do. This is why you need a Jamal. Let me tell you why else you need a Jamal. In 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 similar news. We didn't talk about this on air last week, but the 2020 NFL draft is going to be held in Las Vegas on a boat. On a boat. On a boat. So what's going to happen is uh, athletes are going to step off of a boat Yes. when announced. Athletes are going to step off of a boat to meet their well, mostly white owners. They're going to step off of a boat, step onto a smaller boat to be taken to their new white masters. Someone is going to name one of those boats the Nina, the Pinta, or the Santa Maria. <laughs> or Amistad. <laughs> God damn. The, 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 that is, that's not good. What the fuck are they paying Jay-Z for? It, serious question, y'all. Serious question. Dead serious question. Now that the Super Bowl has happened and the Super Bowl halftime report that features Latino performers during Black History Month has, has occurred, has Jay-Z solved racism? No. Yet. No. Did let, me, they, let me go ahead and spoil that for you. No. Did they accomplish what they set out to do at the beginning of the season? Well, people aren't talking about Kaepernick anymore. I was going to so, say, so, so they accomplished exactly what they That's exactly what they accomplished. Yeah. Okay. They do. I, I, I just wanted to know, um, you know, I, I hope I hope the distraction was worth it, y'all. I, really? Because Jay-Z wasn't in the meeting for this. I need to see Rock Nation logos on these boats that are carrying people to their white masters. <laughs> y'all know it's, it's happening. And Meek Mill is going to greet them right there at the gates. Got to, got to. I, I, what the fuck are they paying Jay Z for? Oh well, you know. Let me take that back. We know what they're paying Jay Z for to sweep the shit under the rug. Um, this is why you need a Jamal in your in, in your uh, think tank room. And, and, and you know that's the point of a Jamal. You actually raised a good point uh, because a lot of companies. Especially nowadays, a lot of companies spend a lot of money, money for uh, diversity uh, training. Um, you could really save a lot on your diversity training by just hiring a Jamal at your company. Just one. And Jamal will let you motherfuckers know when shit is out of line. 
That's his. That's his only job. His only job is like, nah, fam, that ain't popping. Just what? Just a meeting will go on as usual. Yeah. Somebody's gonna come up with a dumbass, with a dumbass racially problematic idea. Nah, fam, and Jamal's that ain't just gonna jump up uh, and just tap you on the shoulder. Uh, that ain't it. Yeah, that ain't the one player. And that's not the move. He might say things like that. All of it's gonna mean go back to the drawing board. Yes. Figure that shit out. Because yes. what you just suggested ain't the move. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And uh, they hired... A, the NFL hired a very expensive Jamal. And I don't think they're getting a return. They, well, well, they, for what... They silenced Kaepernick. So they, yes. they silenced Colin Kaepernick, so they got their return. Um, I think they could be making their money stretch a little longer. I'll say that. Uh, so... Uh, send your racist stories, uh, your racist um, real life stories, along with your listener letters, your questions for myself and D. Randall, questions for any guests we've had previously on the don't show. Don't ask me any questions because y'all don't want the answers the most of <laughs> <laughs> And send them to opinionswildblack at gmail.com uh, or any uh, opinionswildblack.com. Or any of our social media avenues available on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Uh, We'll be right back with the top three STFUs. You are listening to Houston's Most Savage Podcast. Pour up. And we are back. We are black. We, black. we are opinionated, and uh, yeah, we're feeling it. It's, you know, it is a Super Bowl Sunday. It is. Um, uh, we have li- uh, time for uh, listener letters or uh, questions via Facebook. Uh, Mark Fury. <laughs> Shout out to Mark Fury. He was on the show. He's previously been on the show. Uh, that was a pretty good episode. Um. The nigga consulate episode. Yes. Um, Mark Fury asked, how come humans ain't shit? Um, Wow. Humans are... I mean, I have a whole drawn out explanation that I'm not going to give y'all right here. But humans are just a generally dangerous species. And we are are a species more capable of harm uh, to others to other life forms and to ourselves than maybe any life form uh, known on the planet Earth. Well, we're, we're the only ones that can affect the, the Earth globally. What do we do? The only thing that's been more destructive than humans is an asteroid. Yeah. And basically, I'll break. I'll just boil it down to, uh, you know, in the Matrix, Mr. Smith's whole... Uh, uh, spiel about humans being the most de- humans being akin to a virus. Mm-hmm. He was very right uh, that most uh, most life forms develop an equilibrium or a sen- a state of balance with their environment. Right. Humans don't. We do not. We mow over everything, uh, and we just we establish our dominance there. Um, most akin to a virus. Uh, so yeah, humans ain't shit for a lot of reasons, but we are probably the most capable of harm to others and ourselves, uh, more so than any other life form there is out there. Um, 
Nene Woods asked, why do black people, why do some black people feel as though black celebrities owe them something? That's a little spicy. That is a little spicy. I think I have an answer for that. Okay. <clears throat> First of all, I will say that black celebrities owe me nothing but this. Understanding where you came from. Um, I don't I don't need anyone to hand down anything to me. I don't need anyone to, you know, necessarily watch what they say, walk a certain way, dress a certain way. I just need you to remember the common experience that we share and the common history that we share and not forget that you should be grateful for whatever position of success that you're in. Right. Because there was a time not too long ago where there were people who who sacrificed a lot more than you did to get into this position. And, you know, on our on our easiest days, we are the dreams of, you know, two generations ago. You know, I live a life without much adversity in it, which is not the same that I could say about my grandmother or great grandmother, you know, respectively in their in their in their lifetimes. So as a black celebrity who's received whatever degree of success that you have, be respectful in knowing that there are other people who have not been able to realize their dreams, not because of lack of effort, but because of circumstances and opportunities that you've been granted. That's all I ask. I ask from black celebrities right. is nigga, don't forget where the fuck you came from and you can still go back there at any moment. Especially when you're looking to us to buy your product. Right. Don't get it twisted. Um, and I'll just I'll just add on a little bit to that is that it's a psychological thing. It's a psychological thing because we you most people get on or get famous, especially in the black mostly in the black community, because their audience wants to see themselves yep. in that artist. And when you see yourself when you see yourself in somebody who came from a hood like you did who came who may who may or may not have come from nothing like you may or may not have um you want to believe that you yourself would uh look back and not forget where you came from and right. you want to believe that you would uh give back to your community and so you expect that from you expect that from other people because again when you see yourself in somebody it brings about certain expectations mm-hmm. that are just kind of unavoidable in the human condition um you know ideally we want to have we don't want to have expectations of anybody but it's human yep um uh next uh next question real quick Emmanuel uh Emmanuel Taylor Asks, is there really such thing as black adjacent folk? Inner city POC that have shared uh, some to all of the black experience. Inner city Latinos, Polynesians, Asians, other people of color. Or do they only count when they become mixed with blackness in their bloodline? Hmm. So. I'll let you go and then I have an answer to this. Okay. Um. This doesn't exactly on the nose answer your question, but it does bring about a thing that I have had a complaint about in the community for some time, which is we have to stop. I mean, we have to stop pretending that 
when it comes to our culture. Like I do have a problem with the with the with the term adjacent, but I understand what you're saying and what popped in my mind. What I think adjacent is um, some of the cultures that have that we came up in close quarters to because more so black people, but definitely other ethnicities. Um, were kind of pushed into uh, other class, com- into low class communities, into uh, into certain communities that are allowed to fail. Right, black people more than anybody, but still, and so of course, when you have and when poor people and low class and working class people create a culture, right. So those cultures came together and created things, and. A lot of those cultures lended to what we consider like hip hop, what we consider our R and B, what we consider our our contemporary soul music. We couldn't have gotten a lot of the shit that uh, a lot of shit that we got without um, Latin people in the band adding Latin rhythms. Mm-hmm. We couldn't have gotten a lot of what we got without. Um, Asian people lending to the art. Yep. Um, we weren't breakdancing by ourselves. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I wish I had BBC. Shout out to BBC, man. Because uh, I know he would definitely be able to chime in on this. Yeah. But we weren't doing all that shit by ourselves. Yeah, we had a lot of Afro-Latinos that were also, you know, important in the uh, the formation of hip-hop culture. Especially in regards to breakdancing. And that's why, and that's particularly why it pissed me off so bad when we were checking Bruno Mars about where he's from. Because even if he, even if he didn't have any black in his family, we're going to act like, we're going to act like Latin people didn't have a, didn't have a hand in the culture. Right. And splintered off later, of course, because yes, there are some anti-black elements uh, in Latin culture. Yes, absolutely. But we can't act like we just did all this shit by ourselves. Right. Well, um, I know that's not really what you were talking about as far as the bloodline, Emmanuel, but... The, the, the one thing that I'm always reminded of is that, you know, suffering is not unique to the black experience. But I, I will, And I, I will explain a caveat to that, though. Um, pretty much every classification of person in this country that is non-affluent, non-white male has received varying degrees of some type of persecution in the country. Um, you know, when the country was first formed, non-affluent white people were persecuted. I mean, Georgia was, I believe the state of Georgia was instituted as a prison state and mostly populated by poor white people. Um, you know, they, they received certain forms of persecution. Obviously, women were marginalized um, for a great deal of time. Um, following World War, was that one or two? I can't remember which one. Probably World War One. Uh, Japanese citizens were placed in internment camps over on the West Coast. Um, Native Americans were pushed to the brink of extinction in uh, in a manifest destiny um, move that you know in which. They wanted to occupy America and, and, and push west. 
and of course, most famously, um, the entire economy of the southern United States was based on slavery, which was almost exclusively people of African descent. And for, for black Americans, for African Americans, whatever you want to call us, our situation is unique because we were, by large, the only ones enslaved as an economic platform. Um, we were the only ones that were regarded three-fifths of a human by law, right. which was written into the laws of the, of the foundation of this country. Right. Um, and the overwhelming majority of, of derogatory behavior that has been aimed at non-affluent, non-white males has been aimed at black people historically. Um, so while our suffering is not, you know, it, it's, we're not the only ones that have suffered, the, the the scope and magnitude of the suffering that we've had to endure is 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 very unbalanced compared to a lot of other people. Yeah, and, and it not, makes ours very unique. Right. And it's not it's not that this is a this isn't like a you know again, this isn't the misery Olympics, so to speak. So adjacency is is kind of a it's it's something that can be spoken of but it's not necessarily seen as a, as an even thing. It's, it's a lot of times it's adjacent in the sense that this person also represents a marginalized community, maybe not with the scope and magnitude that we've had to deal with. But we also have to recognize that, you know, Latinos, for example, have always faced persecution at the southern border because of the United States relationship with Spain and the way that um, the U.S. acquired land from Spain. And there's always been that conflict with Spanish-speaking communities because of Facts. that. You know, a lot of that goes back to history that most people don't even understand. Um, the the best thing that I can say is don't... I only am concerned about adjacency when people are trying to compare suffering to another right. person's suffering. Right. You know, mine is greater than yours or, or this and that. No, I, I feel like as long as we can recognize that there are other marginalized communities... And that we should be respectful of it and also prop each other up because we realize that other people are marginalized. That's perfectly fine. But when we get into a situation where we say, no, nah, you can't fuck with us because you haven't suffered as much as us. Uh, that's kind of a slippery slope that I don't want to go down um, because all of us can get fucked with at any time. Right. Um, you know, always appreciate black women because they are. You know, they are at any given point they could be the most marginalized of any of these communities. Big facts, the least protected. I, yeah. I feel like that always. Yeah. So I mean, always keep that in mind um, and listen to them. So if, if even if they are saying, even if black women are saying they don't want to allow other people in the room because their suffering isn't as great as theirs, they they do have a point in saying that. But also understand where that pain and that hurt is coming from. And at the very least, you know, hope that you can open a dialogue to see where anyone who's marginalized Agreed. can open a conversation about what we can do to to support and help each other. And that's where intersectionality starts. Um, and last one, Karen Caldwell asks, why through Kobe's death is that the only acceptable time a black man should show should publicly uh, be allowed to show grief is being sad, not allowed in the big book of blackness. Uh, I think she. I, I think she knows the answer to this. I think she, it sounds like she's answering her own question. But um, I will say that 
black the suffer the the grief of a black man i will say in the news cycle has definitely been highlighted um with kobe's death uh i can definitely say i've read i've seen more than one article that was highlighting how uh kobe was the the epitome of uh example for young black boys to follow and how young black boys don't have a lot of exam positive examples which i have never bought into um i've seen a lot of that i won't say, I, I will definitely say that it is the most palatable for the news cycle for yeah. young for black for black men to be grieving right now i think it's <clears throat> I'll keep it as brief as I can. Because we've been grieving for a while. I think the news cycle recognizes that seeing black death on television is very moving, very powerful. And oftentimes, the only time that you are allowed to see black men grieve is in the face of death. Um, and it, it's, 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 I'm, I'm kind of over it. Same. Um, and, and admittedly, as someone who admits that he is emotionally stunted, um, I can admit that I have trouble with, with public displays of emotion because I've, I've been conditioned to be that way. And it's something that I, that I work through. But the news, the media at large understands this about many of us in that as men and as black men, we are raised to not convey emotion or show emotion. Uh, we're raised and I show tears, but we're allowed only to do so publicly in the face of death because, right. you know, black death is certainly a very newsworthy thing. And to me, it's like it's like the the most profitable of misery porn that, that you can get out there. So, um, you know, to see these men who are who are supposedly raised to be stoic and uncaring and unemotional and to show them in moments of perceived weakness is obviously a very marketable thing to see because these big strong bucks right who are aggressive and chest pounding right. and and the height of of athleticism and masculinity are being seen now as soft and and gentle and they and you know I'm not saying that there's necessarily um you know they're being shown as detriment, but I do know that there is a history of trying to soften the image of black men um, by showing them in in moments like that. Um, and I will and I will say this to close to kind of close the book on it is um, I think one of the reasons we focus on black in, on black grief black male grief sure but black grief as a whole in times like this is because if we focused on it on black on black men grieving any other time that would turn to rage right and that rage would inevitably turn to people that don't want us focusing on them which is white people yep which is uh, police, uh, which is our government, which is our state and local government, mind you. Um, so, 
you know, I, was it was it Baldwin that said the default for the the default for the Negro is is rage? Yes. The default for the the enlightened Negro is to be in, in a state of rage. Yeah, that was uh yeah Baldwin basically said that. I paraphrased, but um. So yeah, they don't want they want us mad. They want us they want us angry and they want us grieving over these things that nobody that were out of everybody's control because they don't want to show us being mad and being upset and sick and tired of the things that uh they can't control. The default for this podcast is definitely rage. <laughs> when, you, when you tell someone to suck a black-owned dick, that can only come from a place of rage. No bullshit. So thank you, uh, Karen. Thank you, Emmanuel. Emmanuel, thank you, Nini. Thank you, of course, Mark Fury. Um, if you have any questions, if you have any uh, things you would like to say to us, things you would like to say about the podcast... Please feel free to put them on our social media, our official social media, um, or send them to opinionswhileblack at gmail.com if you'd like to remain anonymous, um, or opinionswhileblack.com that has outlets and portals to all of our social medias and ways to get in touch with us. Um, except YouTube, I have to change that. Um, and now it is time for the top three STFUs. Oh, yeah. Uh, who are the top three people in America that need to shut the fuck up? Number three, Terry Crews is back on the uh, is back on the list, guys. Man, last week I joked that we were gonna have to rename the award after Joe Biden. We might have to name. We it might to have Cruz to. Now. He uh, Biden trying to uh, Terry Terry Crews trying to give Joe Biden run for his money. I actually had to keep Joe Biden off of this list. Because he did say some stupid shit recently. <laughs> talking about he wanted Michelle Obama to run with him. If you don't get the fuck out of my face. Joe, oh my God. Joe Biden is a fucking embarrassment. Um, Terry Crews wants everybody to know how sorry he is. Uh, about the shit he said last week. Uh, about uh, basically throwing Gabrielle Union under the bus. Um, when it was time to defend her. Um, let's see. This via Twitter. I told Kevin Harden a while ago he needed to acknowledge the pain of other people. Right now I have to do the same thing. I want to apologize for the comments I made. I realize there are a lot of black women hurt and let down by what I said. And also by what I didn't say. I hear you. I respect you. And I understand you. I am sorry, and I am here to support you. The compassion in your voice is so... I spoke yeah. from my own personal point of view without first taking into consideration someone else's experience. I allowed disrespectful comments directly <coughs> at me and my family to cause me to react angrily instead of responding thoughtfully. This certainly caused more harm, and it is my hope that I can amend any pain I have caused to those who were hurt by my words. Oh God! He tags Gabrielle Union. Yeah, this is this is great. I want you to know it was never my intention to invalidate your experience, but that is what I did. I apologize. You have been through a lot in this business, and with that, I empathize with the struggle towards fairness and equality in the workplace. You are a role model to the entire Black community, and in my desire to be to be professionally neutral as your coworker. 
I should have at the very least understood you just needed my support. Sincerely, Terry Crews. Is PR specialist. <laughs> uh, right? Yeah, he, he someone definitely got paid to write that shit. Because let, me, because let me just say, and this is to his PR guy's credit. This apology, we were talking before, I don't know who it was, that, uh, maybe it was the Stephen King apology, or non-apology, mm-hmm. but the, this apology hits all the, all the proper marks yep. of, what an apology should, uh, of what an apology should hit. All the food groups. It, 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 told us why, it, it told us what he was apologizing for. He apologized outright and said, yeah. I apologize. Yeah. Then... It attacked what he was apologizing for, understanding that people were hurt by it, understanding why people were hurt mm-hmm. by it, and making it known um, that their experience and that their experience and their uh, actions in the community are a hundred percent valid. Yeah, and he, it did all the right things. And he admits that you know his his. Um where 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 you say it? He at the very least, you know, he understood that she just needed his support, which is what you and I stated right off the bat. Right off the bat. Now, that we've that we've we've appreciate that we've pointed out and appreciated how well structured this apology is. Now let's talk about why it's bullshit. Um, first of all, and again, and again, Twitter has not stopped dragging him. Yeah. Uh, Rightfully the, the, so. Rightfully so. The dragon has not stopped. Because it would be one thing if he came out with this apology after just the throwing under the bus. It wasn't just that he said what he said. It's that he said it and then turned around talking cash shit about it and and doubled down on it and told all black women, including his daughter, basically, Mm. suck my dick. I don't owe y'all anything. I don't owe anything to any of y'all but my wife. My wife gives me wings. Mm. Because apparently his wife is a fucking Red Bull. Um, it, it would be one thing. And again, it's all about is is what you say, but it's also how you say it. He could have just he could have just done the original dumb thing and that been the end of it. Right. But you doubled down and went strong and wrong like you know how to do. And this is why nobody fucks with you. Because you double down on once you double down on something, once you double and triple down on something, which is what his tweets did later. Yep. That's when nobody fucks with you and nobody buys this bullshit. You know who doesn't it buy took this you bullshit? This, it took you this long to say it. Who, who, what were you saying? You know who doesn't buy this bullshit? Who doesn't buy this bullshit? And did not need a PR specialist to issue a reply? Who's that? Dwayne Wade. Uh-oh. Dwayne Wade says... Someone please take Terry Crews' phone. <laughs> oh shit! Well, Dwayne, that's what his PR specialist. Did. That's what his. That's exactly what his PR specialist did. Um, uh, God, and again, God bless him for that well-written apology. We just know it's bullshit not to buy it. Also, God bless Dwayne Wade because you know. Okay, anyone who's been in a relationship or been married knows what it's like when your girl like comes home from work. And she's mad at her coworker Sharon for you know like not refilling the paper in the, in the copier, or you know because some bitch was gossiping about it in the office or whatever. You know, yeah. you know you got to hear about that office shit. Imagine when Gabrielle Union comes home after Terry Crews has thrown her under the bus. 
So you know, for the last couple of weeks, Dwayne has been hearing it, and he is over this shit. Real talk. And he wants to whoop this nigga's ass. You know, it's just like you want to. You, your wife is complaining about her work husband. You just want to. You just want to roll up at work and just like just put some hands on this fool. Not well, yes, because he did something, but also because you're tired of hearing. You're tired of shit. hearing this fucking shit. And you know, Gabrielle Union is not a quiet person. No, no. You know, every no. day she's been coming at it. And Dwayne is like, can someone take this man's phone away so that I can beat again someday? This is this is messing up my whole groove, y'all. You know, that man wants that man wants his ass hey. That man's retired. That man's that man's <laughs> retired. He got nothing to do but sit at home and apparently, according to them, get his ass hey. He wants to go back to the way things were. Terry Crews, you messing it up, bro. That man, that man, trying to get his woman back in that realm. Like you, you, you got to chill the fuck out. Nick Cannon also weighed in, but nobody cares. <laughs> I wasn't even gonna touch that bullshit. <laughs> fuck him. <laughs> Nick Cannon sucked my dick. Um, number two. Wait. Well, you got to put a footnote in to say. Oh, by the way, Terry Crews, shut the fuck up, please. Real talk. You know, keep drinking them creatine shakes. Uh, keep is Brooklyn Nine Nine even still on? Probably. Okay, I don't watch sitcoms, so I don't know. Uh, keep getting that Brooklyn Nine Nine money, I guess, and shut the fuck up. Like, relax. We didn't need this. Just relax. Just take your L and go about your business, and we'll probably forget how fucking ashy you are. Yeah, you just swole to be that ashy. You can't be. You can't. You can't be ashy with muscles. Yeah. That's noticeable. Oh, that baby oil he's always throwing on. <laughs> Number two, uh, a returning champion. We've we haven't rammed on, we haven't railed on this nigga in a long time. Jason Whitlock. Good lord. Jason Whitlock is just looking deader and deader all the time. Right. This nigga looks like a jar of bacon grease. Look at this face. <laughs> what the fuck is his haircut doing? What is that line, nigga? Trying to get away from his face. <laughs> That's what he's doing. That, his hairline looks like a moon phase, nigga. Like, what the fuck is going on? Um, so Jason Whitlock didn't quite have cash shit to say about Kobe. And really, that's the problem. Because Kobe dying is the one time in his career, in the entirety of his career, that Jason Whitlock didn't have cash shit to talk about Kobe. Um, he tried to eulogize him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Recently, but nobody's buying it because Jason Whitlock, um, for those of you who don't know, who is, is a uh, sports analyst, yeah, um, who gets paid in Popeye's chicken sandwiches, and who looks like he has to breathe through his nose, his nose and mouth at the same time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Jason Whitlock. This guy said, if sleep apnea had a face, <laughs> it's coming back now. Uh, it does. It looks like Snorlax. <laughs> this man looks like his teeth are made out of candy corn. God Oh, man. Um, uh, so. Appar- so apparently, this nigga uh, looks like a s'more. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Um, 
so apparently he tried to eulogize Kobe, but nobody was buying it because he has spent basically most of his career just railing on Kobe Bryant and talking about what garbage and what a fake he is. Um, here's my thing. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Right. And, and this is one of those cases where Jason Whitlock really could have gotten by. You could always just say nothing. He yeah. could have. He could have just reported on it, uh, reported, uh, you know, uh, 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 condolences to the family, and let that be that. Mm-hmm. It, it goes, he, had, he wanted us to know how fucking heartfelt he was. It goes back to the misery point that we were talking about earlier, the misery Olympics. Like, you you got you to gotta show that you're more contrite and sorrier than everybody else, even if you got to eat your own words, which <laughs> he apparently... Can't. He can't. <laughs> He can't. He's eating a lot of words. He's eating quite a bit of words. You look at his neckline. A lot of them are KFC. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) This is so fat shaming, but I don't give a fuck. Fuck Jason Whitlock. Um, Bro, and this is why I approached the Kobe Brunt, the initial death of the way I did. This because nigga has a double chin forehead. Look at this shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It, oh, God. His back of his neck does look like a pack of hot dogs. <laughs> oh, they only come in packages of eight. That's <laughs> just so fucking... Just, just, what the fuck is this bowling hat he got on? Bro. You want to look less like the walrus in Wind of the Willows, nigga. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you, bro? That man never met a top button that he liked. <laughs> look at that shit. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, man. Oh, they must have they must have paid him in. They, they must have paid him in Thunderbird wine and Fatback <laughs> shit. Oh, man. It looks like the Kool-Aid man with the makeup on. <laughs> The gravy man. (laughs) (laughs) This this nigga looks like the villain in Nightmare Before Christmas, dog. (laughs) Sandy Claus. (laughs) Oh shit! Oh man! Oh, but this is it's fucked up because like as recently as 2016, he said that Kobe is the most fraudulent. Basketball, or the most fraudulent superstar to ever play the game. He just said this shit like just a few years ago. Yeah, this ain't, this isn't even that long ago. And and now you know now Kobe he, wasn't even playing in 2016. That's when he retired. He retired in 2016, I believe. And you know he's trying to say that you know reports. Whitlock is trying to say reports of his demise have been greatly exaggerated. That an algorithm is making it look like he's having blowback to it. Nigga, like no. The, I mean, the algorithms just don't forget. That's what it is. The blowback is what your neck looks like. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying that you know, you just, bro, you got to eat those words, man. You know, Skip Bayless is probably the king of eating his own words, and a lot of times when Shannon Sharp gets him, Skip just shuts the fuck up. It's true. He just shuts the fuck up. Skip, 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 skip. And Skip will just shut the fuck up. Like, all right, you got me. I ain't gonna say shit about it. Just like, just shut up, man. You can always, always say nothing. Every time. 
Um, so, Jason Whitlock, um, it was nice of you to try this shit. But fam, nobody likes you. Um, you've never said any, you've never said a reasonable word in your life. And um, you've probably never seen a can of spam you couldn't devour. <laughs> Um, so butter roll and shut the fuck up. Damn. Shut the fuck up. Eat a dick. No condiments. No hot sauce. No mild sauce. No sides. But get a diet one, please. Cause <laughs> you gotta watch your cholesterol, man. <laughs> Eat a meat alternative. Dish. <laughs> Eat the possible dick. <laughs> <laughs> Eat a beyond dick. <laughs> Eat a zero grams trans fat dick. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, Ain't a morning star dick. <laughs> God damn it! Oh man! <coughs> See what a good idea it was to put Jason Whitlock on the list. <laughs> oh, this is top notch content. Um, and the number one person who should shut the fuck up. Oh man. A returning champion, another returning champion to the list, uh, Dr. Umar Johnson. Good grief. Jermaine is at it again. Uh, Jermaine has things to say about Kobe Bryant. Um, Because our ears will bleed if we play too much. We will only give you a small sample of the bullshit he has to say surrounding uh, the untimely death of Kobe Bryant and his daughter. Do we have to? I, I'm not even going to shake it up. I can literally click anywhere. You can click it. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't have to line anything up. Or anything. Hold on. When is the last time you saw a propeller go out on a helicopter? I've been in helicopters. I've been on helicopters. I've been on helicopters. When is the last time you saw the propeller go out on a helicopter? So, Okay. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> so here's the thing. What the you, fuck has Umar Johnson been on a helicopter? You can also ask me when was the last time an air, I, I saw an airplane fall from the sky. You can also ask me when was the last time I saw a car drive off of a bridge. You can also ask me the last time I saw someone get shot in the face. You can ask me all those things. Things that I have not seen. But have those things happened? Yes, yes. they have. Yes. I'm pretty sure, Dr. Umar Johnson, that a propeller has stopped on a helicopter before. Numerous times. Many times. Several. He's been on helicopters. And because the propeller didn't stop, unfortunately, while he was on the helicopter, that shit can't happen. You know what? I'm going to skip ahead maybe about two or three minutes. Again, not queuing up, not knowing what he's about not to say. Not knowing what he's about to say at all. And I know it's going to be some bullshit. They did not crash because of the fault. That was an expert pilot. That was an expert, an expert pilot. Literally three minutes later, he's making the exact same point again. Again. Saying the same shit. Um, and who does he keep looking around for? He keeps looking. No, I'm going to tell you what he keeps looking around for. He's doing this shit at the Marcus, at the quote no. unquote. He's doing this shit in his mama's front yard. <laughs> she told him to take his ass outside and pick up that trash. Pick up those Burger King wrappers that he's been sitting on in the basement. 
and his mama's gonna come around the corner any minute and whip his ass. Because he gotta have all that shit done before, by by the time she get home for bingo. Jermaine, I told you to pick all that trash up, nigga. Better be done by the time I get home for bingo. Whoop your ass. So you're trying to do this now because he forgot. Don't take and, his Xbox away. And, <laughs> Oh no, he can't afford an Xbox. Nah, his mama got him one. Oh, oh, I paid for that with my money, mom. That's my money. Shut up and pay them people. Pay them nice people their money. <laughs> Sister Johnson wondering where her donation is. This fool, man. Um, let me just, and it's it's niggas like this that are co-opting and 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 trying to uh, profit. Off of the never, never trust anybody that's gonna hit you with their cash app later, bro. Never trust anybody that says shit like this and then hits you with their cash app. He 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 said that. Well, there's a number of reasons why he said Kobe got killed. He said Kobe got killed because he was trying to start a professional basketball league in China, and the NBA killed him because um, they didn't want any competition. Um, not. The NBA doesn't have any competition because that's a national basketball association, as in in America. First of all, China already has several basketball associations. Um, Kobe's would be no no different. Um, but also, Kobe Bryant was not putting together a basketball league in China. Ice Cube has a basketball league. In America. No one's tried to kill him. No one. He makes plenty of money off of it. And um, also, um, you know, he, he said that Kobe Bryant was killed along with Nipsey Hussle and Dr. Sebi. Oh, shit. Here because of the conspiracy shit. with Big Pharma. Oh, um, boy. You know, Kobe Bryant apparently sued a pharmaceutical company that was using the name Black Mamba. Get the fuck um, out of here. Quote, Black Mambas everywhere. We didn't ask to be involved in all this. Um, also, there's no record of Kobe Bryant suing any pharmaceutical company, which would be public record. Um, now the hotel's gonna go raise Doctor Sebi up again. Yep. With they uh, uh, rubbing, talking about rubbing Vegemite on your dick to cure AIDS. Twitter. Yep. Uh, these motherfuckers, man, clean your room. Yeah. You gotta start there, man. Clean your room, bro. What is mutton chops? These mutton chops are getting out of control. You ever notice the background of every video that he does is always disheveled and dirty, no matter where he is? <laughs> like this dude is in his mother's front yard with just like random shit on the ground. You know, looking around every twenty seconds because his mama coming around with a switch. Just, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't get it, man. I don't understand, bro. Like. I don't understand what his hair is doing. I don't understand. This nigga looks more and more like fucking uh, James Earl Jones from Conan the Barbarian. Wow. Like, stop this shit, bro. Like, I don't know what... Man, shut the fuck up, Omar. Fuck you. For real. Yeah. Fuck you for dragging Kobe Bryant's name through 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 the hotep bullshit like this. Fuck you for you know. Fuck you for trying just just blatantly trying to capitalize off of black pain like this. This is why niggas like this irk me. This is why the hoteps. This is why I hate the hoteps. 
Because they're all like this. They're all like this. Every single one of them. They're all like this. They're just centering themselves and their false flag ass bullshit in times of pain. And in and capitalizing on their pain, they're no better than the 24-hour news cycle. They're no better than the 24-hour sports news cycle. They're no better than any of the other nasty motherfuckers we've been talking about. This nigga's on the Instagram live news cycle. Sit your stupid ass down, man. <laughs> this shit is annoying. Shut the fuck up, man. Go fuck yourself. Man, uh, uh, D. Randall, have we done a podcast? Oh, we have. We certainly have. We have definitely done a podcast, man. Um... Uh, church announcements? I can't think of any right now. Okay. Um, uh, merch coming soon. Merch coming soon. Sooner than you think. Sooner than you think. We're going to be looking. We, uh, we, uh, there are some, there, there are or maybe have some designs floating. Yep. Yep. In the ether. Um, so we're going to take a, we're going to take a close look at those and, uh, there'll be some merch soon. True, true. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to have this we're gonna try to have this in the bag uh, for the first quarter. Um, so yes, Euphonic has been asking. <laughs> he he's he, they're shipping him off. Uh, they're shipping him off to China. He'll be all right. Oh, he can go join Kobe's basketball league in China. He can go join Kobe's basketball league if they don't have the fucking coronavirus. Um, so. Uh, Team Oz, I just want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. Uh, I don't have to go through the whole spiel, man. Y'all know what it is. I love y'all from the bottom of my heart. Y'all are so supportive. Um, just, I always encourage everybody who who can hear the sound of my voice to tell somebody, to tell somebody about opinions while black. Do not keep black content to yourself. Do not keep it a secret. Um the only way black content, diverse content thrives is through uh, savvy audiences and word of mouth. Um, y'all have done that to this point, and we love y'all for it. And I will say, I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but uh, I did glance at them yesterday. Um, last January was the best month that we've had in about a year. Holy um, shit. Yeah, so it's growing. Holy shit. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, think, um, I think it was the second best month that we've had. Woo! That's what I'm talking about. That's why I love to fucking hear. Um, and that's the first time I'm getting this news. So I'm just yep. I was that was genuine excitement. Um we was we'll be back next week with more foolishness and fuckery. Until then, uh this has been episode 75, 75 of Opinions While Black. I have been Oz. I am still D. Randall. And it's always forever imparting titties. <laughs> <laughs>